Well, good morning. Punxsutawney Phil tells us that it's going to be an early spring this morning. How about that? Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Punxsutawney Phil is in control. <laughs> Some of you are like, wait a minute, that's blasphemy. That's not right. How dare you? So, uh, Good morning. It's Super Bowl Sunday. It's going to be a great weekend. Go Chiefs. Go Browns. <laughs> Go Browns. Yeah. Good luck. Let's pray. Father God, Lord, please, we ask you to move in a mere miraculous way this morning. <laughs> we had an amazing weekend this weekend. Uh, Legacy 5 was here uh, this weekend in our sanctuary. Uh, nearly 400 people showed up. I mean, we sold tickets, then we had tons of volunteers. And I'll tell you, it was an amazing evening uh, full of ministry. And God really stirred in the hearts of a lot of people here. And I'll tell you something, we are living out the vision here at Cable Alliance Church, of being inspiring, inviting, discipling. And I'll tell you something. They say the best way to cast vision is to celebrate vision. And so I want to celebrate this morning that this past weekend, Friday evening, we had an amazing time. And it wasn't just because Legacy 5 did an outstanding job uh, with the lights. And yes, there was a fog machine and the whole nine yards. It was amazing. It wasn't just because the Cheryl's cookies were so good and Bigby Coffee was so amazing. It was everything. It was the volunteers that showed up weeks in advance to get ready for it. And then all the volunteers that helped put it together. Amazing what happens when the body of Christ comes together and does something amazing. So I'll tell you, it was an amazing weekend. We've got an amazing uh, week this week and next week. Just great things happening here at Cable Road. And I'm blessed to be here and be part of it. I hope you are too. If you're a visitor with us this morning, welcome. I'm so glad you're here. I'm Pastor Tim and uh, they give me the privilege uh, why, I don't know, but they do, of being the lead pastor. I'm glad to be here. So if you've got your Bibles, open them up. Galatians chapter 5. We're going to dive right in this morning. We've got a long way to go and a short time to get there. Congratulations. You're, we're almost halfway through this nine-week series. It's week four. And this morning we're going to be talking about faithfulness. Um, and so it's very exciting to share with you about the fruits of the Spirit and what we're doing. Galatians chapter 5, I've said this every week, it is our cornerstone verse, it's our cornerstone chapter and verses uh, for this whole series, and it's amazing. Some of you may be like, yeah, we've heard this every week for the last three weeks, and now this week, maybe by the end of the nine weeks, we won't even have to open the Word of God, we'll just have it memorized. Wouldn't that be wonderful? So I say to you, chapter 5, verse six of Gal- 16 rather, of Galatians, So I say to you, live by the Spirit and you will not gratify the desires of the sinful nature. For the sinful nature desires what is contrary to the Spirit and the Spirit what is contrary to the sinful nature. They are in conflict with each other so that you do not do what you want. But if you are led by the Spirit, you're not under law. The acts of the sinful nature are obvious. Sexual immorality, impurity and debauchery, idolatry and witchcraft, hatred, discord, jealousy, fits of rage, selfish ambition, dissension, fractions and envy, drunkenness, orgy and the like. Does that not sound like our country right now in a lot of aspects? I warn you, as I've done before, those who live like this will not inherit the kingdom of God, but... You see, that's the bad news. But here's the good news. The Word of God doesn't leave you hanging. The Word of God doesn't just throw you out into the cold. The flip side of that coin is the good news. But the fruit of the Spirit 
is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Wouldn't you love to be known for that? Wouldn't you love for someone to say, wow, that, that Joe, that Tom, that Dick, that Harry, that Sally, that Jane, she is so loving and joyful and peaceful. She's so patient. She's filled with kindness and goodness. She's so faithful. When you're around here, she's so gentle, gentle in so many ways. And wow, does she have such a deep measure of self-control. Don't you want that for yourself? It can be yours. Verse 24, those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the sinful nature and the passions and its desires. Since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit and let us not become conceited, provoking or envying against each other. And I skipped one of the verses there. It said, against such things there are no law. You thought I skipped it, didn't you? Right, Gary? Do you have someone in your life that you're really close with? I mean, someone in your life that you consider to be like your partner in crime, so to speak. Someone in your life that you can share the most important things in life with. Someone who sticks close by you through all the ups, through all the downs. A loyal, trustworthy friend. If you do, don't take that person for granted. Because I believe that's a rare thing in our culture. I'm so blessed to have a best close friend of mine since third grade. We are as thick as thieves, this guy and I, we're amazed. I could tell him anything. And I have several guys in my life like that. I'm so blessed. And I don't take their friendship for granted one bit. My question to you is this. Are you that kind of friend, though? When someone thinks of, like right now, I'm thinking of my close good friend Greg and Steve. And I could go on and on and John and Matt. When I think about who is it I have in my life that is my close confidant that I could share anything with. And I know they will be faithful and they will be confidential and they will be trustworthy and they'll shoot me straight and I can be accountable to them because they've proven themselves worthy to be accountable to. When I think of those people, I put a name with them. Question is, when you think that, do you have names? And furthermore, when others are thinking that, do they think of your name? Do they think, yes, I have a close good friend and his name is Gary, right? Or put your name in there. Does someone think of you as this close, good friend that you are a faithful confidant? God is faithful. So here's the thing. Because God is faithful and we're created in his image, I know that we have the capacity to be faithful as well. I know that we have the desire to be faithful. Paul tells us in the book of Romans that he has the desire to do what is good. Paul says in the book of Romans chapter 7, and if you've got your Bibles, open them up. Romans chapter 7. We're going to look at verses 18 through 25 and and just spend a little time there. So if you've got your Bibles, open them up. Romans chapter 7. And we'll start in verse 18. Paul tells us, he says, man, I've got the desire to do what is good. I know that it's in every single one of us. So Paul, in Romans chapter 17, verse 18, he says this. I know that nothing good lives in me, that is, in my sinful nature. For I desire to do what is good, but I can't carry it out. That is alone. He can't carry it out all alone. He can't carry it out by himself. You see, there's a lot of good people out there running around trying to be good, trying to be faithful, trying to on their own will to accomplish these things. And apart from Christ, you can do no good thing. He says... 
For I have the desire to do what is good, but I cannot carry it out. Verse 19 of chapter 7, Romans. For what I do is not the good I want to do. No, the evil I do not want to do, this is what I keep doing. Do you ever feel that way? Do you ever, I'm sitting up here as your pastor telling you, you have the capacity to be a faithful friend. Faithful in your marriage, faithful in your finances, faithful in so many. You have the capacity, I know you have the desire to be a confidential confidant. You have a vault living inside of you. Someone tells you something in confidence, as a prayer, as, as an accountability. You have the capacity and desire, I know, to put it inside of you and lock the vault. Because you're faithful, you have it. We all desire that, but something stumbles and messes up from time to time. Evil's right there. Verse 20. Now, if I do what I do not want to do, it is no longer I who do it, but it is the sin living in me that does it. Verse 21. So I find this law at work. Law, not grace. It's a law. It's condemnation. So I find this law that you can never, ever obtain on your own. But we praise God that Jesus came and he fulfilled the law so we don't have to. Verse 21, so I find this law, not grace, I find this law at work. When I want to do good, evil is right there with me. For in my inner being, I delight in God's law, and that's grace. God's law is grace. I delight in God's grace, but I see another law at work in the members of my body, waging war against the law of my mind and making me a prisoner to the law of sin, at the work within my members, waging war. I, I, I look back to Galatians chapter 5, verse 17, where it says that there's a conflict that's happening between the sinful nature and the fruits of the Spirit, right? There's this conflict that's waging. Paul here says there's a war that's waging. It goes on. Let's look at verse 24. What a wretched man I am. Oh, man, what a loser I am. What a wretched man I am. Who can rescue me from this body of death? Paul's crying out. He's saying, man, I want to be faithful. I want to be, I want to be faithful. Do you ever cry that out? Lord, I want to be faithful. And I just keep messing up over and over and over. Lord, I've tried so hard to keep that New Year's resolution. It's February 2nd. You know what that means? Most of us, if not all of us, have given up on our New Year's resolutions. The thing we were going to try to do all year long, most of us have already failed that. It's just human nature. It's just human nature. Paul's saying, what a wretched man I am. Who's going to save me from this, this body of death? I've tried to do it on my own. Maybe you've tried to stop drinking and smoking. Maybe you've tried really hard to be faithful to your wife, faithful to your husband. Maybe you've tried to stay off the internet. You've cleared your history. And you know what I'm talking about, those of you that are in this room struggling with that. You've tried. You've cleared your history. You said, I'm done with it. And then all of a sudden you go back to it like a dog returning to his own vomit. That's biblical. You've tried. Why is this war raging with inside of you? Because it's a spiritual thing, Paul tells us. Why do I do the things I don't want to do and I don't do the things I should? Why? Because it's a war that's waging inside of you, a conflict between the sinful nature and the very fruits of the Spirit. Why? Because there's a war raging. Who can save you? 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 Me? 
Another great message, a wonderful worship service, Legacy 5, a great concert, a good workshop, a new CD, a new Bible. What is it that can save you? Paul says, thank you, Jesus. Let's read it. Verse 25. Thanks be to God through Jesus Christ our Lord. Who can save me from this wretched man that I am and make me faithful when I just cannot seem to pull it together? Paul says, God Almighty, Jesus Christ can. Skip up to chapter 8, verse 1 and 2. We'll look at this and we're going to move on. Romans chapter 8, verses 1 and 2. Therefore, there is no condemnation. The, The law, this law that you cannot obtain on your own. No, it's grace. There is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus because through Christ Jesus, the law of the Spirit, that is grace, the law of the Spirit of life has set me free from the law of sin and death. I'm sorry, I just got to read a little more. It's off the top of my head, so forgive me if it doesn't go just right and we veer off course. But let's look at verse 6 of chapter 8. The mind of the sinful man is death. The mind of the man who is filled with all the obvious things that are evil. Abauchery, yeah? Debauchery, orgies and the like. Galatians chapter 5. The man who, who, who just obsesses with those things. The mind of the sinful man is death. But the mind controlled by the spirit is life. Galatians chapter 5. Verse 25, since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. The mind that is controlled by the Spirit is life and peace. You see how it all fits together this morning? I want to pray for us right now. Father God, help us to be faithful. Help us to keep in step with the Spirit, Father God. This morning as we dive into your word, as we unpack an old faithful song, Father God, about how you are faithful, Lord. May we leave this place differently than we came in. Lord, I love you, Jesus. Overwhelm us right now with your presence. In your name, amen. Some of you may know this name. Thomas Obadiah Chrisholm. Am I saying that last name right for those of you who know the last name? Thomas Obadiah Chrisholm. Most of you are like, no, I have no idea what you're talking about. Some of you might know. Thomas Obadiah Chris Holm. What a wonderful, beautiful old name. He was born in a log cabin in 1866. Some of you may know him. Doug, you were there, 1866. Good friend, faithful confidant. Thomas Obadiah Chris Holm. Born in a log cabin in 1866. He died in 1960. He received Jesus Christ when he was 27 years old. He had no education whatsoever. He did not go to college. He did not go to seminary. And yet he was ordained as a pastor at 36 years old. Sadly, he only served one year as a pastor. So I already got him beat. I'm at about two or three years, those that don't know me. He only served about one year as a pastor. And the reason for that is he was really sick. He was a very unhealthy guy. His life was just riddled with illness all when he was young and all the way up. Ordained at 36 years old, only served one year as a pastor because of his illness. Ended up selling insurance. 
And he wrote over 1,200 poems. If you get a chance, look up Thomas Obadiah Chrisholm. You'll find a lot of poems, many of which are beautiful and many of which just don't make any sense. <laughs> but he wrote one of the most famous hymn, hymns ever written. He wrote one of the most famous hymns ever written. In 1923, he wrote, Great is thy faithfulness. Great is thy faithfulness. We're going to sing it at the end of the service. For those of you that are like, well, why don't we sing that then? Well, we are. Calm down, Gladys. All right? I hope there's... I don't think we have a Gladys here. So, was he talking about me? Well, the shoe fits. He wrote, Great is thy faithfulness. As soon as I say that, many of you know that song, don't you? Great is thy faithfulness. It was made hugely popular... When George Beverly Shea, y'all know George Beverly Shea? What a voice. What a voice that man had. Yeah. Great is thy faithfulness. I mean, really? You could hear him, right? I'm better than he is. Come on, you know it. George Beverly Shea with the Billy Graham Crusades made that song famous when he sang Great is Thy Faithfulness. But here's a man, Thomas Obadiah Chris Holm, Born in 1866, in a log cabin, no education, no seminary, became a pastor, super sick all the time, full of illness, only served one year, wrote a lot of poems, but then he goes on to write one of the greatest hymns ever. And he didn't even make it famous. It was someone else that made it famous. He wrote the song after... Lamentations chapter 3. If you've got your Bible, open them up. Otherwise, it'll be on the screen. Lamentations chapter 3, verse 22 and 23. This sickly man, this man who was riddled with illness his whole life, no education. All, I mean, I, I can just imagine. This guy, didn't. he wasn't like uber famous, uber important. He was just an ordinary, average guy. And he found these verses to be so meaningful in his life. That he wrote a song. Chapter 3, verse 22. Because of the Lord's great love, we are not consumed. For his compassion never fails. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. Great, they're new every morning because of the Lord's great love for us. This from a man who was sick all the time. Can you say great is your, is your faithfulness if you were sick as he was? Or have you found yourself really super sick and you don't feel like saying great is your faithfulness? When Thomas Obadiah Chris Holm was 75 years old, he wrote these words. Listen to this. My income at 75, mind you. My income has not been large at any time in my life due to the imperative health that I've had. All the way through my life. It's followed me all the way through my life until now. Basically, he's saying, I've been poverty-stricken my whole life. However, Thomas writes, however, I must not fail to record here and now the unfailing faithfulness of a covenant-keeping God and that he has given me so many wonderful displays of his provision and his care which has filled me with an astonishing gratefulness. Guy was 75 years old. 
born in a log cabin. He was riddled with sickness and illness. And yet at 75 years old, he says, listen, I've been poor my whole life. I've been sick my whole life. Things have not gone the way I wanted it to. I became a pastor. A year later, I had to step down because of so much illness. But God is faithful. God is keeping his covenant with me. He fills me with astonishing gratefulness. I love that word he fill, when he says he fills me. Fills me to the place where I believe there's nothing left for anything else. I went on, uh, my daughter just went back to uh, Huntington University, went back to school a couple weeks ago or last week, and she took one of our suitcases to fill it up with all kinds of stuff, and she had a bunch of stuff, and her suitcase was sitting on the countertop, and it was just so full, and, and she goes, I'm going to put this in my suitcase. I said, sweetheart, you can't put that in there. There's no more room for anything else. If, I mean, if you put that in there, it's going to burst open. The zippers are going to you know, burst open. She goes, no, Dad, I can do it. So she literally put it on the ground, unzipped it, put everything in there. I mean, it was, there was no way it was going to close, right? She laid like on top of it and was zipping it all the way around. And she found room for that in there. You know, sometimes when God empties you out, he fills you up. And when you think, God, I can't be full anymore of any more of your greatness, any more of your blessing, God says, watch this. He might have to sit on you to make it happen, but he's going to fill you so full that there's no more room for anything else. Thomas, Obadiah, Chris Holm, was an ordinary, average guy, sick, uneducated, struggled with money, and making ends meet his whole life. And yet he put his faith in God because he knew God was worthy of that faith. And he knew that God was faithful. Here's the thing. You can only celebrate and compare and, and uh, proclaim that God is faithful if you've put your faith in him. Let me say that again. You can only celebrate and proclaim God is faithful only if you've put your faith in him. You can only sit here and say amen to that if you have received Jesus Christ, your Lord and Savior. There's no way that you can say God is faithful if he is not living and residing and dwelling in your life. And if you're not living and dwelling in him. Because on the outside, you're trying to do it on your own. The conflict that's waging, you're going to lose every time. Does that make sense? God is faithful. And he is that someone you can turn to. At the beginning of the service, I asked you, do you have someone in your life, a confidant, someone you can turn to? With your deepest, most intimate thoughts, someone that you can hold confidential conversations with and be accountable to, I want to encourage you this morning that God is faithful and he can be that someone in your life. Now, he may use someone to be a, be a, a voice piece for him, himself, but God is faithful and he can be there with you. Let's look at the song, Great is Thy Faithfulness. I've got the lyrics right here. We're going to look at them kind of verse by verse. We're not using these verses as scripture mind you were just looking at the verses of the song so verse one says great is thy faithfulness O god my father there is no shadow of turning with thee thou changest not thy compassions they fail not as thou hast been thou forever will be god does not change he is faithful because he's steadfast and he's solid he is a rock if you've got your Bibles, open them up to James chapter 1, verse 17. Verse 1 here of Thomas Obadiah's great hymn challenges us that God doesn't change. 
we can put our faith in God because he's faithful because he does not change. He is faithful and steadfast and solid like a rock. He loves me like a rock. Oh, babe. You know. <laughs> my wife says, please don't sing. Oh, my goodness, it's so embarrassing. Don't do it. <laughs> Nathan says it too. Everybody's like, we all say it, Pastor. James chapter 1, verse 17. Every good and perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of the heavenly lights, who does not change like the shifting shadows. When you wake up in the morning and you see the shadows, guess where that shadow is going to be about an hour later, two hours later, three hours later, four hours later. Where is it going to be in the evening? It's going to be gone. I noticed that this morning I asked the worship team as we gathered in here every morning like Sunday morning we do at 9.30 to go through the service and, and uh, Aaron leads us in a small devotional and we pray together. As I sat in here, my OCD was kicking up and I noticed the blinds on this side of the room were open and I noticed the blinds on this side of the room were all closed and that bothers me. I don't care if the sun's in your eyes. I don't like them half open, half closed, right? I said, did somebody close those blinds? I said, yeah, one of the ushers walked in here. And I know not to mess with Denny and the ushers. So I said, no problem. All right? Here's the thing. We closed them now, but why? Because the sun is there. The shadows on the outside are coming. The sunlight's coming in. You see what I'm saying? But in about five hours, it's not going to matter. Because the sun is going to change. It's going to move. Or the earth, rather, actually. Let's get scientific here, right? (laughs) What's my point here? God is faithful. He can be trusted. You can put your faith in him because he is a rock. He doesn't change. He doesn't move. He doesn't shift like the shadows. He's not going to be tossed around like the wind and the waves. He's not going to be blown by the political direction of the day. You see what I'm saying to you? God is faithful because he is steadfast. He is a rock. He does not change. He does not change. Let's look at verse 2 of this wonderful hymn. Verse 2. Summer and winter, springtime and harvest, sun, moon, and stars in their course above, join with all nature and manifold witness to thy great faithfulness, mercy, and love. Here's the thing. God is faithful. Because he's a rock and he doesn't change. He doesn't shift with the shadows or the, or the winds and the waves. And God is faithful. And he reveals that faithfulness through the creation. The seasons, the sun, the moon, the stars, all of creation are set on their course perfectly, orderly, and quietly guided by God's faithful hand with no help from us, mind you. Now, please, environmentalists, I'm an environmentalist. I care about the environment. We should be taking good care of it. We're called to be stewards over the environment. But make no mistake about it. He's the creator. We're the creation. Does that make sense? I've got a watch on. I love love watches. It's one of my things. I actually bought this watch uh, the day I was was, uh, privileged to become pastor here. So I got this watch for... Uh, as, a, as a memento, as, a, as a, like a keepsake, hey, that is the watch that I got when I started there 49 years ago. I'll say to myself years from now, right? When I'm 100. <laughs> That's the watch. But here's my watch. I love watches. I get them for different occasions. I get them rarely, but 
this is my watch. If, if you found this watch just laying somewhere on the pew or on the floor or in the mall, you just walked around and you found this watch. Some of you know where I'm going with this. You, you would pick it up and you say, well, this must be somebody's watch. Right? Obviously, it belongs to somebody. And not only does it belong to somebody, it didn't just come to be. It didn't just poof out of nowhere. Big bang type thing. Boom, there's a watch. No, somebody had to design this watch and create this watch. It's got a lot of moving parts. In fact, watches are very meticulous. A lot of moving pieces. There's all kinds of buttons on here, most of which I don't know what they do. I'd have to ask my buddy Jeff Bermosk. What do they do? And he and I share passion for watches, don't we? We talk about watches, and it's got buttons on there, and it's got the date on there. These things just didn't happen by chance. They didn't just crawl up on the shore and find their way onto the sea, onto the banks. No, it's there. It's, it's, it's meticulous, which, by the way, it says today's the 19th, which I know is wrong. I have to fix that. <laughs> I just looked at it. I was like, it's not the 19th. listen we know that this watch had a creator it had a designer god is faithful he we know that he is faithful because look around everywhere somebody created this (laughs) somebody created you the word of god says in psalms 139 for i know you know how it was put together bit by bit how i was sculpted from nothing into something all the days of my life laid out before you. Nothing is hidden from you. I love how he says, you've been with me from conception, huh? From conception to birth to all the stages of my life. There's a designer. There's a creator. We're called to take care of his creation. One of the favorite things we love to do on Saturday mornings, we get up early and we'll watch all these veterinarian shows on TV. I don't know what it is. My wife and daughters love seeing little baby animals. They, they had a, a bat that someone found a bat that was dying and got hit by something. And, uh, and they took it into the vet, and the vet's trying to heal this, this uh, bat. I'm like, it's a bat. Kill that thing, man. But, you know, we're called to take care of creation, but make no mistake about it. He's the creator, and he created you and me, and he's faithful. He's faithful to set all those things in motion. In fact, let's look at Psalm 147. Psalm 147, verse 4 and 5. God is faithful. He's worthy of us putting our faith in Him because He doesn't change. Because He has set everything into motion, the sun, the moon, the stars, all of creation, including you. He holds it all together in His hand. And He says this in Psalm 147. David says, Chapter four and five, or chapter one forty seven, verse four and five. He determines the number of the stars and he calls them each by name. Great is the Lord and mighty in power. His understanding has no limits. Verse six. Let's read that one too. Why not? The Lord sustains the humble, but casts the wicked to the ground. In other words, God is saying, "Listen, me, Tarzan, you, Jane." I created creation. Don't you for one second think that somehow you create or that you create and you control creation because you don't. I do. You want to worship the creation, then worship the creator. 
you say, well, we have the ability to block out the sun. Do we? Oh, with all the pollution and all the things, we can make it as dark as night. You get in a plane and fly above it, the sun is still shining. God is faithful because he doesn't change. God is faithful. We can put our faith in him because he's revealed it in all of creation. And finally, the third verse of this wonderful song, Great is Thy Faithfulness, says this, Pardon for sin and a peace that endureth thine own dear present presence to cheer and to guide strength for today and bright hope for tomorrow. Blessings all mine with 10,000 beside. God's faithfulness is revealed in our own lives. In the very lives of every believer that you see around you. God is faithful and he's revealing that faithfulness in our very lives. He's pardoned us. He's forgiven us. He's acquitted us. He's declared us righteous of all of our sins. He fills us up. Remember, we talked about this. He fills it. He empties us out, and then he fills us up. He fills us up with his peace and his assurance. And he assures us that he is with us and with us always. He's given us strength and hope and blessings. God is faithful. You can put your faith in him. You've got your Bibles, open them up again, the book of Psalms, I promise, just two more verses. The book of Psalms, chapter 103. We're going to look at verses 1 through 5. Psalm 103, verse 1 through 5. He declares his faithfulness and the fact that he is a rock, he's unmovable, he's not moved by the shadows, by the wind, the waves. He declares his faithfulness in all of creation. He declares his faithfulness in our very lives. Psalm 103, verse 1 through 5. Praise the Lord, O my soul, all my innermost beings. Praise his holy name. Praise the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits who forgives all your sins and heals you of all your disease, who redeems your life from the pit and crowns you with love and compassion, who satisfies your desires with good things so that your youth is renewed like the eagles. Praise God that he dwells richly in us. He chooses to do that. And because of that, he proves himself faithful to restore and redeem us. And that should be obvious to all the world. Last verse I'll share with you. 1 John chapter 1, verse 9. If we confess our sins, he is, he is faithful. If we confess our sins, He is faithful and just and will forgive us of our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. And so as the band comes this morning, I want to encourage you. Would you stand? Would you pray with me? And then would you sing this song by Thomas Omadiah? Chris Holm, great is thy faithfulness. Here's the thing, I've been saying his name so formal, you can stand. Here's the thing, I've been saying his name so formal all the way through. Thomas, Obadiah, Chris Holm. But you know what, he was just an ordinary guy. Tom. You just about can't get more ordinary than the name Tom. Simple name, simple guy. He was just an ordinary, regular old guy with old problems and like a lot of us. But here's the thing, like Lamentations 22 through 23, the verses there is, great is thy faithfulness. 
Can you sing that this morning? Can you declare that? Can you proclaim that this morning for you and your life, that great is your faithfulness, God? I hope you can. The only way you can is if he's living in your life, if you've received and put your faith in him. And if that's the case, then I want to hear you sing it out loud this morning. Let me pray for you as we begin to sing. Father God, we pray right now and we worship you. We thank you that great is thy faithfulness. And now as we sing this, let this be our mantra, our anthem to you this morning. And Lord, I pray that many here this morning would put their faith in you. And if they've put their faith in you already, they would grow in that faith. We love you, we worship you, and we adore you. In Jesus' name, amen. Great is thy faithfulness.